It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are back with another episode of On the Clock. Today, we are wrapping up our draft review series finishing it off with the afc west i'm joined by christopher wecht once again as we conclude the series here today chris how are you doing sir doing good i'm ready to fully put the draft behind us start looking at teams rosters as a whole and where they want to go and everything and head into the 2023 season we're on to 2024 or sorry <laughs> 2023 <laughs> kind of botched that yeah oh well yeah, same. I mean, it's bittersweet, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm sad to put the draft in the rearview mirror because we got a long way to the next one, but it's also refreshing, and I need, I need to be refreshed. So, yep. <laughs> Here we go. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, obviously, only having one division today, we can spend a little time on these, these, you know, players. But let's start with Denver. Go in alphabetical order. I felt like they had a they had an interesting draft. They didn't have a first round pick, so it was you know not a ton not a ton to work with here. But I felt like they did a decent job getting value. In fact, I didn't even have a worse pick for them because I didn't really know where to go. Um, but for best pick, I went Marvin Mims Jr. What did you uh, What did you do there? Uh, I was I'm torn between Marvin Mims and Drew Sanders uh, just because. Drew Sanders in the third round. I mean, he was getting discussed as potentially the first linebacker off the board with Jack Campbell, and you get him in the third round. That's that's a good spot to take a good linebacker. I know there's a little bit iffy about what position he would actually play, but that screams a, a really good pick as well. Basically, whatever one I don't pick, I would go with a surprise pick because I think Mims could surprise and be – shoot, he could be the best wide receiver on the team by the end of the year. Um, I don't know, super likely, but it's definitely possible. And same with Drew Sanders, like he could be a legit part of their defense at some point during the year. But so I, I'm one of them is my best pick and one is my surprise pick. I, I don't know which one though. Right on. I, so I'll get to Sanders in a sec. I went Mims here because I just think Mims is, I mean, he's such a talented dude. I think he's an, he's an awesome receiver. Obviously he's been one of my guys through the process. He gives them a ton of versatility. He can play inside in the slot. He can play on the outside. He's got, obviously, that elite speed, elite ball tracking skills, elite ball skills. He kind of – I think he's got a chance to be, like, the complete package. And as far as, like, the the smaller receivers in this class go, he's probably the biggest of the bunch. He's, like, 5'11", 185, can probably get to 190 pretty easily. So he's, like, actual real receiver size, <laughs> which which I think is, is, uh, is kind of funny. And then – you know, from a percentile grade, our, our model really liked this pick, too. It was like a 95th percentile pick. Um, but if they're, like, truly looking to move on from from Judy, I, I think this is a great replacement for him. Judy's another one of the – you know, they do a lot of the same things, actually, to be to be quite honest. Yep. There is a lot of overlap there. I, I, I took this pick as a direct correlation to them eventually moving on from Judy, whether it's via trade or letting him walk at the end of the year or whatever. But um, And then Sutton just isn't the same guy either. Um, since since the knee injuries, he just hasn't really been the same. So they picked think, up Judy's fifth year option. He's not he's not. Oh, did they end up picking yeah. him up? 
Yeah. Oh, that's surprising. Huh. Okay. Well, hey, you can never have too many speedy receivers who generate separation, right? I mean, that's that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. So um, I like it. For the Drew Sanders thing, where, where he went is about exactly where I thought he should go. The thing with Sanders is I may have made this analogy already with him, but he's basically like a collection of really fancy parts and you're in a, you're getting it delivered to you in, in a garbage bag or a box like someone like you own a mechanic shop so you're sean payton you own a mechanic shop and someone's bringing you this giant box of parts and the parts are good they're high quality parts but you still got to figure out how to put it together There's no and sean, instruction manual <laughs> no instruction manual you might be able to build a ferrari out of this but you also might get a toyota prius <clears throat> and it's like for the position and this, this is like obviously we take risks on edge defenders that have the same issues right but that's a more premium position so for my fear with with sanders is by the time you build that ferrari or, or whatever high performing machine he can become it's going to be right in the contract here you're, you're, you're going to start getting the most out of him and he's going to be a guy that you um you know you have to pay right away now the the ironic thing here is uh, he reminds me a lot of Baron Browning, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio yeah. State linebacker. He was also a tweener. He played on the edge for Ohio State for years, also played in the box as a, as a linebacker, also was a high pedigree guy, just like Drew Sanders was. So we saw that work out for Denver. Um, you know, it took Browning like a year and a half-ish to really get rolling. Maybe, maybe Sanders is on a similar pathway. Obviously different coaching staff, of course, but um, maybe they can get the – if if they if you told me that Sanders was going to play mostly on the edge, I would like this pick a lot more. Yeah, it does make the Browning Browning being there tough. I mean, their other linebackers are just terrible. Like if he can yeah. play off ball, that would probably well, be the way he gets on the field the quickest. But yeah, they're definitely I agree. playing him off ball. They've already said that basically. Oh, they did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell are, are nothing. Yeah, you know, they're nothing special. Yeah, exactly. But from for where they took him, I do like the pick. Um, when he was getting the first round discussion or even like high second, I thought that that was absurd. That was ridiculous. Um, third is appropriate, though. I think that's that's worth you're well worth the the squeeze is worth the juice or the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right. Um, for surprise pick, I went uh, JL Skinner safety mm-hmm. from Boise State. <clears throat> Surprised he lasted as long as he did. I think I had a a fringy day two, day three grade on him, but I think he got they got him what the sixth round. Uh, yeah, six. Yeah, Pick so one, the, I mean, this, he's a big safety, long six. He's like six foot three, really long. Has some really good tape. Showed out well at the Senior Bowl week. I'm just really surprised he lasted as long as he did. But as far as like getting some utility out of him, I think he'll be an excellent special teams player. And then you can you know you can obviously use him as a box safety slash dime linebacker type player as well. And we already talked about how bad their linebackers are. I I, I love the idea of getting an extra DB on the field um, and, and obvious passing down. So Skinner could provide them some some juice there, and I think that would be really good in that that uh, conference, which is going to be so pass-heavy, presumably. Yeah. Or division, I should say, not conference. But. Yeah. Worst pick was tough for Denver, but if I had to pick one, I'd go with Iowa cornerback Riley Moss in the third round, mostly just because of other corners that were still on the board. Clark Phillips from Utah, Keely Ringo from Georgia. Um, 
just in yeah some character stuff but yeah. yeah 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 i'm sure yeah i'm sure all these guys fell for various reasons it's just well, riley, the, Mo- riley moss was probably the of the other corners that went in that range like i just liked those picks better garrett williams went a little bit before him stuff yeah like that. that's the big one that sticks out but the, the corner board definitely came out slower than most draft people had it going out like mm-hmm. i think the depth of the class similar to the receiver board actually the depth of the class i think kind of you know trepidated that a little bit i do like um i do like riley moss as a player though i just yeah i liked other player i liked other corners better than him where they took him so i think the wanya morris picks a low-key sneaky good pick too well that was the chiefs (laughs) what yes that was the chiefs brett okay (laughs) You already moved on in your head to the next team. <laughs> wow. Let's, uh, it's Monday. I'm just <laughs> going to shake that one off. All right. <laughs> what did you go for a grade here? I went, I went B. So I think you do have to factor in all the capital they gave up to give, give Russell Wilson in this draft, which makes it not great. So I'm going to go C. Sean Payton too. Yeah, they that's actually right. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. So, yeah, I'm going C, probably even C- minus when you say they also used it to get Sean Payton as well. All right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really think about that because I don't know why I didn't think about that. I, you just never really factor trading for a head coach as like part of your draft class. But is Sean Payton worth a first-round pick? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But all right, let's move on. Kansas City Chiefs. Um. Their draft was really interesting. I feel like their last few drafts have kind of been like this because they're right at the end of the first round every year, and it's kind of hard. <laughs> they're they're not in an easy spot like that. Pick thirty one is kind of brutal, you know, because it's like there's not really anyone with first round grades left. You kind of want to get, you know, I'm sure any team that could get like two seconds for that pick would take it, you know, but. Um, Obviously, that's that's a pipe dream. But well, anyways, we know, I, we know the Titans were trying to trade up back into the first to get Levis. I don't. I mean, maybe it wasn't a good enough offer. But yeah, I, I, usually if there's a QB to trade at that 31, 32 spot, and you can trade back and get some extra picks, that, that does seem to be the best thing. Because you're right, there's never like an obvious pick at these late picks. Yeah, yeah, and because of that, they I don't I don't really like the guy they took at thirty one. But uh, my best pick for them was Rushy Rice. Yeah, that was mine too. Um, I th- the, even the more like the I don't think our model loved the pick, right? Ninetieth eh, percentile, I guess it did. Um, but even the more I sat back and like thought about the fit, the more I really liked it. Like Rice wasn't really on my radar for them at all because I was thinking in terms of his twenty twenty two tape, but his twenty twenty one tape, man, he played big slot. That's what they lost. In the offseason, they brought back the entire wide receiver room except for Juju. Mm-hmm. And yep. Ju- Juju early in the year looked, he was pretty productive. He had some good moments in the playoffs as well. And he's a, he's decrepit at this point. Super stiff. The injuries have taken their toll. I think if, if they envision Rasheed Rice stepping into the Juju role as a bigger slot, yards after catch machine, I really like that fit. Some of Rashi's best tape is in that role. Um, I, I I do, and he's such a he's a detail oriented player. 
He's not really a freelancer. That was an issue with Sky Moore we saw last year's. Sky Moore's entire game at, at uh, Western Michigan was freelance. Like, look, go look at, like, he got he got hailed for his release package. Dude, his release package is complete nonsense in college. It's complete freelance. It's just him. It's like reps at the Senior Bowl where a guy's, like, literally juking the same player over and over <laughs> and over, and then finally he wins. It's like, well, yeah, nobody can cover that. Yeah. So, and and Mahomes, you could tell it drove Mahomes absolutely insane last year. Like, he could never trust more to be in the right spot. The timing was always off. So Rasheed's the complete opposite of that. He is detail-oriented. Now, I know the the SMU offense didn't allow him to run a super diverse route tree. He's going to obviously have to learn a more NFL route tree. But the routes he did run, he ran with precision. Timing was always good. I think him and Mahomes could develop a connection really early, especially if he's in that big slot role. Yeah, he could be the most productive rookie wide receiver this year just because of the landing spot and the opportunity that he'll have if he steps up. And we said that about Sky last year, right? But I didn't like Sky's tape nearly as much as I like Rishi's tape. So, Yeah, then, I mean, Rice in that big slot role, MVS on the outside, Kadarius Tony playing for as many weeks as he can is not a terrible receiving core. Yeah, uh, when, when you factor in, you got the best tight end, one of the probably the best tight end of all time, also on your yep. team. So, and yeah. Sky should take a step forward, right? But I think he could play the the uh, MVS role too. He's got the yeah. speed, so you know. Yeah, he does. So. But yeah, yeah so that's, that's not, that's not a terrible receiving core. No, it's not. No. Yeah. Does it? Uh, so you went receive for best pick too? Yeah. I didn't love any of their picks. Yeah, same. Rice is definitely my favorite, but I mean, it, they did invest a lot in him, though, so it's not like it's like a slam dunk pick either. Yep. Um, I went for worst pick. I went uh, Felix Anaduke Uzoma. It's not. It's not a bad pick. It's just their draft was kind of meh all the way around, and it was the, my least favorite of their early picks. So. <laughs> So there, ergo, it gets the worst pick tag. It's not a bad pick, though. I mean, I just, I didn't see FAU as a, as a first round guy. You know, I and I even think there were, wasn't there be- better edges on the board? Uh, depends how you had them ordered, basically. Like Adam Adawame was there, but he ended up going in the fourth round. So Adabari, Adabari, yeah. Yeah, it hurts that Nolan Smith went one pick before him too, but. You'd like Derek Hall, I probably like Derek Hall better. I don't know. Yeah, they were they're kind of in no man's land there. Yeah. Wow, it's it's really that's a really rough spot to pick. Yeah, yeah I don't see. so that that's why it was my worst pick. It felt forced. It's like, oh, we lost Frank Clark. We need an edge defender, so we're gonna force one right here. That's yeah. kind of how it felt to me. I just don't know how many other places I would have liked to see them go. I like I Joey Porter Jr. actually would have been a solid pick yeah, for corner. them, I think. Brian yeah. Branch. Brian Branch would have been a solid pick for them. Yeah. I just did. Yeah, I don't, but even then, I, I like, so we named two guys. I don't, I'm not going to. Yeah. O line. They can always go O line. D tackle would have been a better spot. Keanu Benton. I don't, I don't know. I, it felt forced to me based on need. Yeah. No. I Linebacker, they could have taken Jack Campbell. Oh, wait. The Lions took him 13 picks earlier. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> uh my worst pick similar for your reasons like i don't i don't hate any i just don't love any either i, d- I went with wanya morris to this this one felt to me like the forced pick 
Um, yeah. we, we've talked with numerous of these teams that off- once that offensive tackle, the elite talent got dried up, teams kind of felt like they were forcing guys in and, you know, they, they replaced what both their tackles in the off season. Donovan Smith is the left tackle now and they bring in Jawan Taylor. Well, I don't, I don't know, Chris, cause they gave Jawan Taylor left tackle money uh, and then they, they signed Donovan Smith. That was really strange how they did that. I don't. Maybe they weren't anticipating getting Smith. Maybe right, Smith's uh, market went way down after yeah. the draft. But yeah, you're right. They do have two new starting tackles. So yeah, it feels like them trying to build up their tackle depth, which has been an issue for them over the years. And there's mm-hmm. just there. I mean, I I almost would have rather them take an upside swing on like a Dewan Jones, like t- take a guy with an elite talent. I know he's got weight problems, but you technically don't need him to play right away. Um, but there's just there there's not a lot of great tackles at that point anyway. So maybe go some other position like corner, like we mentioned earlier. It just it just felt like they were trying to force in a death spot that for a guy that you know is not necessarily a terrible player, but third round capital on him is a little rich. Yeah, for sure. I do agree with that. The, the some guys in the film community love Wanya Morris's tape a lot more than I did. I didn't. I didn't like it enough that I didn't. I didn't even bother to score him. Right? I don't think I had to score for him. No. <clears throat> so, definitely was a reach from that standpoint. And then you look at some of the guys who came off the board after. Now, granted, they're not tackles, but if you're dra- drafting a tackle in the third round, it pretty much is assumed he's a he's a project. Right. So, Tyler Steen, I would have liked better for them. He gives them guard tackle versatility right away that they can actually use. He was gone. No, I don't think he was. I thought he went. Yeah, after he went. To clear, he went pick sixty five in the draft. To the Eagles. Oh, you're right. You're right. He was gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, I would have rather them done gone. So instead of Rice at 55, maybe they take Osiris Torrance there, and then in the third round get Michael Wilson, who went one pick right after Wanya Morris. Yeah, and Wilson also gives you some big slot potential right. there too. Right. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It's it is definitely easy to play. You know, hindsight, but you, you have, I mean, that's a skill. Reading the board is a skill. So. You know, they maybe should have had a well. A lot of receivers lasted long, so yeah, they they definitely probably could have waited on Rice, even though I like the the yeah, team player. Yeah, fit, I but. wonder if that is a pick they look back on it. I know they probably love Rice, but they I wonder if they're looking back at man. A lot of these wide receivers lasted until we came back on the clock. Yeah. Um, overall, I went C plus for this this grade. Uh, yeah, C plus. I'd go with too. Oh, we didn't get to a surprise pick. Gosh, dude, my oh, brain. Yeah. <laughs> I went with BJ Thompson, Edge from SF Austin. Uh, this dude is he's a freak of nature athlete. Like six six. He's only two hundred and forty pounds right now. But man, he could develop into a really good player. Um, his tape is actually pretty good. And he like he ran like a six seven three cone or something at six foot six, which is crazy. So I think I think he's got a chance to be a, a good developmental prospect, edge setter with some pass rush upside for sure. I went with uh, Texas defensive tackle Keandre Coburn, big nose tackle guy. They they brought in Danny Shelton in the off season. This feels like a, they a role they want to fill and kind of let Danny Shelton is still playing in the league. Yeah, which I didn't. Yeah, I was what? surprised to see he was on the roster. He's definitely past his prime and probably not very good. So Coburn will have a chance to fill that nose tackle role for them when they want to use it. Um, I think that lets them really utilize Chris Jones, how, 
to be the pass rusher that he can be and not so worried about taking up blockers and whatnot. But yeah, I was surprised to see Danny Sheldon yeah. was also still in the league. <laughs> oh, he was on their practice squad last year. That's crazy. Who knew? Wow. All right. Learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that call. And they got what six round value on him. Yep. That's like the you know, range you should be taking nose tackle only type guys and anything to to get Chris Jones potentially more one on one looks is is a win to me. So I dig it. Yep. All right. Let's go to the Chargers. You the Los the, Angeles Chargers. We're skipping the Raiders. Oh. Well, alphabetically. Oh, alphabetically L-L-A. by abbreviation. Yeah. Alpha- I was yeah, doing sorry. by name. Sorry. Dude, I don't know what I'm doing this morning, okay? Just leave me alone, man. <laughs> I'm going to let you go. Um, we can do the Raiders. No, it's fine. <clears throat> All right. Chargers. I went uh, – this is probably my favorite draft of the division. Um, I really liked the Quinton Johnson pick. I didn't go with that as my best pick, though. I went with Dayan Henley linebacker from Washington State because this is the type of linebacker I like Chris this guy has incredible movement skills both tested and functional on tape um, he is really solid in coverage he's really excellent as a blitzer so what does that mean it means he affects the pass game and if you're going to be a plus linebacker in the NFL today you have to be able to affect the pass game some way somehow and he does it in two facets both as a, as a coverage guy um, I think this dude has, I wrote in my scouting report on him, he has a chance to be a tight end eraser. Very few tight ends in the NFL can go man up on an athletic tight end and win. I think he's one of them. Uh, obviously, he's he's got to prove it at the NFL level, but I think he has the the skills, the traits to do so. Um, he needs to work on his instincts a little bit in zone coverage, but I think he's only been playing linebacker for a year and a half. I think though those instincts will come the more reps he gets on the field. And then he's excellent as a blitzer, understands timing, delays, great on stunts and twists, um, great on gap exchanges, ex- insane closing bursts. He actually has a couple pass rush moves as well. So um, for that reason, he is my best pick. Yeah, he was my surprise picks for all the reasons that you pretty much just said. The only thing I held me back was just the linebacker position not being super impactful, but I, he was a guy that I, I thought the Eagles might even go after. I, I really like him yeah. as a linebacker. Third round um, pick, so it's not like yeah. A... So yeah, not I'm not saying it's a bad pick by any means. I just wasn't my best pick, but definitely it was my surprise pick. I think he. It's crazy how much they've invested in linebacker over you know like uh, Staley's tenure so far. I mean, Kenneth Murray hasn't really panned out. Wait, uh, that was the year before Staley came, was it not? Was it? I think so. Staley's I been doubt... there a while now. This is well. This will be Staley's third year. You might be right. Well, either way, they you know they have Kenneth Murray there. They brought in Eric Kendricks last year, or was that last year or this year? This, this year, I believe. Yeah, this year. So you know they've made some pretty hefty linebacker investments, but I I do think Henley can actually give them something they don't have. Uh, my best pick was Quentin Johnson. He, Which is fair. yeah, he is exactly what this offense needs in so many ways. They. They are just slow. They are not explosive. They're, you know, Keenan Allen is an awesome route runner, gets separation, gives him nothing after the catch, though. Quinn Johnson does all of those things. 
he's immediately the best guy with the ball in his hands on the on the team in terms of yep. like if they're doing wide receiver screens or something like that. There's they shouldn't be throwing those to anybody else because he actually will make guys miss and and run away with it. He can give them a field stretching element to their team that they do not have right now. Like he he just fits so perfectly with what that offense needs. Yes, playmaking ability is what he brings, and they desperately needed playmakers on offense. I, I explained it this way on uh, John Hansen's uh, show last Thursday. So, like, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are good players in their own right, but they're the most vanilla receivers ever. <laughs> like, they're yeah. just there's nothing sexy about what they do. They'll win one-on-ones, but they're not going to be amazing in the red zone. They're not going to get a ton of yards after catch. They're not, you know, making these incredible plays they're not moving the needle as far as like they they run a route they're open herbert delivers it that's the end of the play there's no like upside beyond that for those guys and you know quinton johnson brings that crazy playmaking ability that they desperately need both as a deep threat and as a a short you know yards after catch kind of guy so i i love that pick too yeah, I mean, there's reasons we've seen Eckler get all the targets he's gotten over the years. Is because Eckler was probably the best guy on their teams in terms of like juice after the catch. Yeah, and and now they finally have somebody else. Josh Palmer doesn't have anything like that. No. Um, who's some of the other guys they've used? Michael Bandy, uh, um, DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is actually probably one of the better after the catch guys, but you know, it's but they've limited. had yeah, but still yeah. not great. Right, yeah. exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a dynamite fit. Yep. Um, and I actually the, like we talked about Jordan Addison going there for a while. I kind of like Johnson better. Jordan Addison would have been another Keenan Allen type, where he's just always open, yeah. going to give them that that security, I guess, the precision. But they already have that, yeah. and I, I think we were we really need to get Herbert to a spot where we can maximize what he does. So getting that playmaking ability is really just going to help him. Uh, worst pick. I went with USC edge defender Tuli Tepulotu. Tupulotu. Tupulotu. Um, our model hated this pick, but I just also hated it without even looking at the model. He was my edge 17, 122nd player on my board, and they took him at pick 54. So... Yeah, I don't. I totally get that. I will give him the pass for it being an edge player and just a primary or priority position. And just there just wasn't a lot of good edges to pick from after a while. Um, But I, yeah, I wouldn't really have done that. I went with Darius Davis in their fourth round wide receiver. I'm just not really sure what they're trying to, you know, like you, you bring in Quentin Johnson, and I think that makes a ton of sense. Darius Davis is is basically a return guy. I just don't like burning a fourth round pick. For, I would have rather them if they wanted to add another receiver, add like a Charlie Jones who went in the fourth round as like the maybe Keenan Allen replacement one day. Yeah, so I I actually liked this pick. Um, I put it as my surprise pick. I I get what you're saying. Darius Davis to me, like we talked about how slow the offense is. They had really limited playmaking ability. Davis brings them just insane juice, just you know, ridiculous speed. His acceleration is also crazy. I think he ran had the fastest ten yard split at the combine for receivers, <clears throat> and he's a really really good returner. Um, 
So I think he gives you a little bit more than than just you know receiving upside. I think he is such a good returner. I think there is there is value there, um, but also like hit ball, you know, getting the ball in his hands. Like he's another force miss tackles candidate. Um, he gives you a vertical element from the slot. I don't think he's going to play right away. Obviously, they have a, a really no, good receiving no. core with the top three guys. So, but like. If you look at how they were using DeAndre Carter last year, Darius Davis is a massive upgrade over that. Carter is not a very good player. Carter does like at this stage of his career, he just doesn't have any juice whatsoever. I think Davis kind of gives them that spark and just overall speed on offense, which they they desperately needed and they've been lacking. So um, I think he he'll surprise folks, but immediately steps in as like a really like him and Jaden Reed were the two best returners in this class, in my opinion. So I, I like the idea of getting one of those guys. I throw Trey Tucker in there as well. Uh, Tyler Scott was also still on the board at that point. That would have that yeah, would have been I, an awesome pick. Yeah, I would have preferred Tyler Scott there for sure. But um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Max Dugan as your your worst pick here. Yeah, it's a terrible pick, but it, it was in the seventh round, so those are usually barely making the roster anyway. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, practice squatter. Yeah. And you did, you mentioned it pre-show, but you didn't mention it here. They they drafted the the trifecta. Yeah, they're building the TCU twenty twenty two. Johnston, Darius Davis, and Max Dugan. The only guy they're missing there is Kendra Miller, who would have been a great addition, by the way. Yeah, to go with Eckler. But is it surprising to you that they didn't take a running back anywhere? I maybe a little, but. They, it does seem pretty obvious that Eckler isn't going anywhere because nobody wants to trade for him. Even Eckler has been pretty obvious about this. He has zero leverage whatsoever. Yeah. They've also taken a lot of shots recently on on backs in these later rounds. You know, uh, Isaiah yeah. Spiller last year, uh, jo- Larry Josh Roundtree, uh, Josh, Josh Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, like all of them were like four fifth round picks. Yeah, that just maybe they were like, we're not doing this again. Like, I don't know. None of them have really shown anything either, which is crazy. Yeah, maybe they're holding out hope Spiller takes a developmental step. Yeah. Usually running backs still are like ready to go, and what you see is what you get year one. There's right. no there's no development. Very either you got it or you don't got it. Yep. So um all right. I went with B for this grade. B uh, maybe slight B plus, I don't know. Yeah, B B plus is what I was thinking as well. Nice. We agreed on one, Chris. Yep. It's been a minute. Um, Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, whose acronym places them fourth at, uh, alphabetically. Mm-hmm. So uh, they they didn't have a bad draft, but it was a draft I didn't really like either. It started out strong and then just fell off the wagon to me. Like just uh, like after their first two picks, I just don't know what happened anymore. Yeah, that's. Well, best pick I went Michael Mayer. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking as well. I, I debated Tyree Wilson because getting him at seven is solid, but I, I think Mayer at thirty five is even better. Yeah, that's a, where did I have Mayer on my board? It was somewhere close to that, right? Pick I had him as the thirtieth player. They got him at thirty five, but just the idea of you know getting a, a tight end who has the production profile he does think is a big win for the offense i am concerned though if you see the last couple years mcdaniels was in new england like he did nothing with tight ends yeah 
could see like a Hunter Henry role that like everyone thinks can turn into something and it just it just never does. You know, and a lot of people comped Mayor to Henry too. That's even scarier. He does remind me of Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a less athletic version of Henry too, which makes it even scarier. <laughs> so, because Henry was a legit athlete coming out for sure. Yeah, there's going to be we're going to be complaining that Austin Hooper is getting too much playing time at some point this season. I have no doubts. Yeah. Did Foster? Where did Foster Morrow go? He he had a um, he got sick. I, I'm blanking on what. Oh, remember? that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's got Hodgkin's lymphoma or yes, leukemia yes, or something. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's sad. Um. Cool. So we both went mayor. Worst pick, I went Trey Tucker. Um, yeah. Mostly because similar to your argument with Darius Davis, they hit like Darius Davis was on the board, Charlie Jones was on the board, Tyler Scott was on the board, Puka Nakua was on the board. All those guys can give you similar some like they all can play out of the slot, and they're all just better players. Just flat out, just flat out better players in my opinion. So. Um, I did not like like we've seen a bunch of receivers come out of Cincinnati lately. Most recently, Alec Pierce and Tyler Scott. I thought Trey Tucker was by far the worst of those guys, and not even close. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm struggling between Trey Tucker and Aiden O'Connell, and I know people oh, like God. Aiden O'Connell, but you take oh, him, I really like him. You take him with the fourth round pick that you're. It's he's not going to be anything for you. What do you mean? How how can you say that? They have Jimmy Garoppolo as their starter, and Aiden O'Connell might be better than Jimmy right now. Do you know how many better-looking QBs Jimmy Garoppolo has held off in his time with San Francisco? Ooh. All of them. There, how many times have we called for Garoppolo to be benched in uh, for the Niners? He always sticks around, though, because he's just good enough. Well, when you say we, I assume you're not talking me because I don't know who they've had. Who have they had that should start over Jimmy? He's held off Trey Lance for two years. Not that we know if Trey Lance is any good or not, but we we he held off Trey Lance kind of. Trey Lance also tore his ACL. Yeah, but not Trey, not until this year. Yeah, last year he finally started for that was that was his second season in the league. He's going into year three. He's going into year three this year. All right. Well, he probably should have played in year one. Um, yeah, but he like. Less than 500 career dropbacks at a FCS school. Like I, I never expected Trey Lance to be a day one starter for them. Yeah, but we've already made the argument that Richardson should start right away, and he's similar. I know a different level of competition, but like better, better overall prospect and way higher level. Not even close to the same level of competition. Like way higher. Yeah, I know, but you're not going to learn sitting like that. It's true. Um. Sure. Well, different. The difference, though, is the Colts don't have Super Bowl aspirations year over year, where the 49ers do. So, did they though when they took Lance? I think. I mean, they traded up to three to get him. I mean, they they were a good football team. They just they lost the Super Bowl a year before. Was that the why did they have like this because they had like the seventh overall pick or something in that draft? Um, they didn't move far to do it. I mean, there may there may have been a gap year between the Super Bowl and, and that one, but. Yeah. Could have also been a trade. I know they traded. They've traded picks throughout the years, like DeForest Bunkner. They got a first round pick for, but there's anyways. just no way McDaniel's is starting O'Connell at some point this year. There's, Maybe there's not this no year, way. but you potentially get a really cheap replacement. There's nothing Aiden O'Connell can't do that Jimmy does. Like nothing Jimmy does that Aiden can't do. I guess. Yeah, and they're both not going to win you a Super Bowl. <laughs> No, but I'd rather have 
that skill set on you know seven hundred thousand dollars a year than thirty million or whatever Jimmy's going to pay sure, thirty five sure. million. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just, so. they're definitely in the QB market this time next year. And that's why I have a problem with the pick because it's just why did you burn a, a fourth round pick on a guy if if you can't if you're going to immediately probably make another investment next year. I mean, typically, I agree with you. I think when a guy has starting potential, though, it's def- it's always worth it. It's always worth it. I mean, he's getting paid nothing, literally pennies on the dollar for what other quarterbacks make. Like, so yeah. even if say say his ceiling is top ten backup for the next four or five years, you're still getting that at a massive discount. So, yeah, but he's not going to be a top backup this year. Maybe he will next Why? year. We made a. Well, we Why just we, not I don't know. We don't know. Like the he just made are terrible. I know they're bad, but we don't we don't know anything about him. I just I don't know. I hate putting premium fourth round is still pretty good draft capital in a position that you basically hope that you never have to use in your backup QB, and if you do have to use it, you're probably dead anyway. Yeah, I mean it was a late fourth too, pick one thirty five, but. All right, I'll I'll give you the Trey Tucker is the worst pick, but it's close. <laughs> oh, no, you you could stay convicted in your. I, in I your... think you made some art decent argument, and you, I know you. There's a lot of people that like Aiden O'Connell, so I'm not gonna. I don't want to be too harsh on him if he is end up being a decent QB. Aiden O'Connell also checks all the Bill Parcells boxes, which, you know, might not be anything, but I don't. Did you watch any Purdue football last year? On occasion, I mean, he's run good offenses. Like he, and that's that's the thing that impresses me with him. Uh, you could argue there's no Q, QB in this draft that carried more of his offenses production on his shoulders than Aiden O'Connell did. Yeah, like he, I think he threw the ball like 700 freaking times, which yeah. is in one year. I don't even know who else was on who was throwing the ball to other than Charlie Jones last year either. N- nobody. And I don't know who he was throwing to the year before because Charlie Jones was a transfer. Wasn't um, he? David Bell. Yes, David Bell. He made a third round pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Aiden's got some some talent, and just like the the experience that he has, I think is pretty invaluable. He's he's dropped back like six hundred plus times two years in a row, which is pretty solid. And Purdue, kind of a stinky program, so it's just tough uh, to be like, all right, you pass on the QB at seven when there's, you know. Levis was still on the board. Who knows what they think of him? But then you're yeah. okay taking one in the fourth round. It's just I don't know. It doesn't quite add up. Yeah, I went uh, I went O'Connell for my surprise pick. <laughs> I think he'll surprise some folks. I think he's uh... yeah. I mean he he's nothing like he's definitely not on the special spectrum. He's on that golf garage. Like I would say golf's the high end of that spectrum. Garoppolo's the low end of it. Like he fits somewhere on that spectrum to me. Maybe he is just Jimmy. Maybe he's a little bit more. But like I said, I would ru- I would much rather get get that skill set for less than a million bucks a year than freaking thirty five. So yeah. if he if he shows anything as a rookie, I'm getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo so freaking fast. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, but, that that turns that into a good pick. But you have to commit to that. Yeah. I don't yep. know if I really have a surprise pick for the Raiders. Nobody really jumps out to me. I just, I didn't really like what they did with this draft after the first two picks. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Jacorian Bennett's a decent pick in the fourth round, but um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, there's so many picks in here. I just don't like nested Jade Silvera, Armari, Bernie, Chris Smith. Yuck. I don't even really like their Byron Young pick. That was an early third they used on him. Yeah, I don't like that pick at all. Yeah, and there was, I felt like, way better D-tackles. The one thing about those Alabama D-tackles, though, is they they learn a very specific scheme and, and fundamentals. They're very fundamentally sound players. They all linger in the NFL. There's so many Alabama D-tackles on rosters, it's crazy. None of them are very good. They're not like superstars, but man, they're all they're all locking down a third, third, fourth D tackle slot, stuffing the run. Yep, and it's it's crazy. There's a there's literally a million of them if you go through, through depth charts throughout the league. But so he's got a chance to be that. I just don't think that's worth a, a high third round pick. Right. But, yeah. So I went C for this draft. Yeah, I was going to go. I'll C. go C plus because the first two picks were good. I'll go C. Nice. Um. All right. So we went what B for Denver? Well, you went lower than that, right? You went C. Uh. Yeah. C. Yeah. Because of the trade stuff, mostly. Yeah, I forgot about that. So I'll go C as well. C plus for Kansas City. B plus for Chargers. C plus for Raiders. I feel like we've given out a lot of fair grades. It's the way it should be. I'm going through. I'm going through the series. Let's see. These are the A the A grades we gave Seahawks. Gave an A to Rich. Oh, by the way, on anything we had like a difference of opinion on, I just split the difference. Um, Colts, we went A plus. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, we both went A plus. Giants, we went A. Philly, we went A plus. That's it. More than I thought, but it is more than I thought. But we also gave out like C minuses and Ds at a high rate. <laughs> Compared to like, dude, I've, I've, we've talked about this probably already, but I've seen draft articles where there's like nine A's or like seven A pluses, nine A's, and then like three B pluses. Like that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole league maybe is maybe one, one or two because. F's is usually, yeah. Yeah. So I think being a little more realistic about it is probably the way there, to go. But. There should be mostly B's and C's probably in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially if you if you try to like be objective about the whole steal versus reach thing, I think that'll help you get to better conclusions. Yeah. Because you know, taking AT Perry in the sixth round is I'd love to give the Saints an A for that. Yeah. But the wisdom of the crowds says there's a yes. reason that that happened. Right. You're betting right. on thirty one other teams. Really th- you're betting all thirty two teams were wrong about him and you were right versus uh yep. when when a guy is reached on it's hard to know because you know it only takes one team to reach yep which is why the hit rate on reaches versus um steals i don't know if you see kev cole's little yeah yeah like reaches still hit at a higher rate than than quote-unquote steals do probably because of that because it just takes one team and then you literally have no idea how everyone else felt and chances are they probably agreed closer to with the team that took right. him than yeah. the consensus crowd whereas, so whereas the steel you're all every 32 teams are saying that guy didn't deserve to go higher yeah and as much as i love a guy like at perry it, there's a re, like 
194 times he could have been drafted. <laughs> and those teams <laughs> said no. No yeah. thanks. So, I don't know. Hopefully he proves me right, but it's not looking promising. So, yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. We did it. We got through every team. Um, I don't know what the schedule is going to be like for on the clock this week. I'm probably going to take a little reprieve for myself. And then uh, maybe we'll do a, a way too early 2024 mock next Monday. Maybe you'll get a bonus episode between now and then. I don't know. But anyways, that's going to do it. Thanks, Chris, for joining me for the series. And uh, we will. We're moving on to 2024. 2023. Officially. No, no, for the draft. Oh, 2024. Draft. Draft. Gotcha. This is a draft podcast, Chris. All right, yes. we're moving on to 2024. So for 2023 discussion, you can listen to Take Talk, which I'm sure Chris will be a guest on quite frequently. So, all right, we are out of here. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Out. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.